and he said, just go and get away because they're gonna, obviously what they did is illegal, so they need to come up with a plan of what they're gonna do. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. This call is now being recorded. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. How's everybody doing this week? Lovely. Good. Lovely. Lovely. Cass, how is the weather out there? <laughs> it's 100 degrees yeah. right now. <laughs> Ooh. Better than it was last week. Yeah. It just, like, it, it, it cooled down a little bit, I think, Friday and Saturday, something like that. Um, and then it just went right back up. I don't think it's ever going to end, unfortunately. It's hot all over the world. We've been having great weather, haven't we, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been perfect. It's been, it's been nice, you know, the cool in the mornings and warmer in the afternoon or whatever, but it's. But the rest of the world's having this extreme hot weather, no flooding out there. Cass. No, we are like in a drought, actually. Like we have, it hasn't rained in probably, I think uh, there was an episode we filmed maybe like two or three weeks back. Maybe longer than that, where I said it like rained for like two minutes. Uh, that um, was like the only time it, it has rained since I'm gonna say like May. Uh, wow. Yeah. I wish. No, we need it rain. <laughs> it's so dry. Well, I, it we rained had, here last night. We've had some um, good rain. And uh, it we had a, a storm blow through and big branches fell down, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was good. Okay. Okay, um we are missing Jessie. Hopefully she'll pipe in whenever she gets a chance. I don't know. Um, if her she's having inter- internet problems or what's going on, but we're going to get go ahead and get started without her, and hopefully she'll uh, pop on whenever she gets a chance. So, um, just so everybody uh, knows, we are the uh, Family School of Thought, and we meet each week and we talk about unsolved mysteries, crimes, UFOs, uh, Bigfoot whatever the topic comes up but uh, we analyze the story every week mm-hmm. so are you guys get, get uh, ready to get going yes 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 and please um like us share us with your friends um check us out on um the family school of thought web page or um where else can we find us, Cass? Well, we don't have a web page. They can email us. Um, well, on the YouTube page. The YouTube, YouTube page. We do have a YouTube yeah. channel. They can check us out there if they want to see the podcast as a video format. Or if they want to just listen to us um, while they're walking or driving or anything, working. I love listening to podcasts when I'm working. Um, they can listen to us on Spotify. They can listen to us on Samsung Music, music um, Amazon Music, uh, we are on Podbean, a bunch of them like that. I think we're on iHeartRadio stations, I think like that, anything like that. 
great, great. Well, we're always looking for your feedback mm -hmm. on uh, any suggestions you have for us or any new topics for us to talk about. Um, but uh, anything you, any ideas you have, we'd greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate you tuning in every week to us. Okay. Dave, you got anything interesting going on in your life this week? <laughs> Just uh, pure craziness with school starting. Yeah. <laughs> and next week it's going to be worse. We got a busy week next week. Really busy. Yeah. I'm going to, it's going to be uh, crazy with uh, everybody get, going to school. I've got lots of free time on my hands, but there's too much to do. I got lots <laughs> of stuff for you to do. Got yeah. free time. I don't have that. I'm not going to have any free time because I've got to get stuff ready for Weasel Fest and get right. kids back and forth to school. And it's like, oh my gosh. You guys can see where I'm at this week, right? Yeah, you're at uh, uh, Mackinac. Isn't that the. the yeah. yeah. I want to be there. Oh. Yeah, they're gonna have the they're gonna have the walk this weekend. Are you walking? Across the bridge? No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you went with us, right? Yep, I walked across the Mackinac Bridge. It was fun. Wasn't yeah. it awesome? We did it. We did it for the fifty or no, the hundred. No, it was, was the fiftieth. Yeah, it was, it was the fiftieth, and I said I'm ready to do it again. Mm -hmm. I am too. That was a lot of fun. I, I am too. We we had fun. Maybe um, so. let's see. How many years ago was it? Was that? Gosh. I'm thinking we should maybe try it for the 60th. It Taylor was about 10 years old. Yeah, I'm thinking it's it's not you 10 years yet. On your back. Yeah, because she was scared of the grades. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, when you think about that, Taylor was just a young girl. Young girl yeah. She might have been 9 or 10. Okay. Uh, okay, so we covered that. Um, everything we talk about on the show is for entertainment purposes only. So don't send us any hate mail because we already know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but give us your comments. Okay, this story I found uh, for this week really kind of ties into a lot of the topics that we have um, talked about before. Um, uh, we'll kind of, when I get done telling you the story, we can kind of recap, you know, things that we've talked before and how relevant they are to this story. But this is, um, I call it the secret room. So back in 1953 in London, a young man moved into a new apartment. And on his very first day there, he'd only been there a couple hours. It was a real rundown old apartment. And he decided to, you know, spruce it up. And he started peeling wallpaper off the wall. He was going to read wallpaper first thing. And so he worked his way through the kitchen and got to this, um, uh, you know, like a pantry type room. And he started peeling it off and he discovers a door that had been wallpapered over. And so um, he pulled all the wallpaper off and he opens this door, this, you know, hidden door. And it uh, was it a little door or a big door? It was a smaller door. You know, like was, the door up in the closet, or like, I, yeah, I think kind of like, yeah, like you yes, kind of like that. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay. okay, I'm thinking, and it was in the back of this closet, which oh. typically would have had shelves in it, but he had taken the shelves off to take out the wallpaper, 
this is why nobody ever noticed this door being there. Uh-huh. I see. So what he's seen traumatized him for the rest of his life. What? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, tell us what um, he saw. Well. Yeah, tell me what he's seen. <laughs> Come on, hurry up. <laughs> uh, and it also changed it, the legal it? system in London what? after that. Or the UK, I should say. In the UK. Hmm. And the uh, the crime was, well, I, I won't tell you what he found in there. No. But I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three years prior to that, um, a young couple moved into, this was an apartment building. And it was an old, run-down, bad part of town apartment building. And um, three years prior to that, a couple had moved into the third store, third-story apartment. Okay? And um, the the guy's name was Timothy. And he was born in, I can't remember, I think 1923, I believe. And he was born into a family uh, where they had lots of kids. The father abandoned them right after he was born. And so they were extremely poor and lived in poverty. And so he spent his whole childhood in poverty. And um, not only was they they poor and he was in poverty, but he developed um, a form of, um, he had a problem with his foot and it had these big blisters on the back. It was kind of like a, a disease that he had and he couldn't get rid of it. And, and of course they were poor, so they couldn't really treat it well. And so he missed a great deal of school because of it, because either these blisters were, you know, infested and popping, or he was got medical treatment and he couldn't walk on it. Mm-hmm. He also had a very low IQ. So he had like a 50 and like a hundred is okay. Anything over that is, you know, better, but this was like a 50. Wow. Yeah. Well, why didn't he get an edge? I mean, did his parents not, or his mother not educate him, or was she working? No, he missed a lot of school. They, she had a lot of kids, very poor, had to work three or four jobs. I mean, it was really, you know. And and he was born in 1923, so, you know, things were different then. Kids yeah. just kind of raised themselves. and and yeah. he, But he suffered a lot in childhood and was not able to get an education and matter of fact when he was 14 he just kind of gave up on school and went to work and um and so he spent you know the first job he got was in a uh, uh mine you know coal mine which was very dangerous work but he had he could never really keep a job neither because this problem with his foot Um, he was illiterate couldn't read or write you know so he's you know every time he'd get a job he it wouldn't last long because He'd have an outbreak with his foot or, you know, or he just had a problems learning the job because he couldn't read or write. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, when he was 18, he tried to join the uh, army because now World War II was going on. And um, he um, they wouldn't take him because of that. So finally, he gets a job and it's with a, um, a delivery. He's delivering, I think, baked goods. Like he had to be there really early in the morning. And um, uh, he meets this young girl who's only 18. He's like 23 at this point. And so he meets this young girl 
and um, she's 18, and they hit it off for a while, and she had a very low IQ, too. So it's two of them together, right? Mm-hmm. So the, um, they dated, you know, they hit it off right away, and they dated a little while, and they got married. So soon after they get married, uh, well, actually, they lived with his mother for a while. With You know, there was a bunch of people living in this apartment because they were so poor. But finally, they scraped up enough money to get this little old run-down apartment that was even worse than the one that they moved out of. And um, she becomes pregnant, and they have a baby. And they are so poor, you know, that they can't afford their bills. They're taking out all these really high interest rate loans just to survive, not to better themselves, but just to survive. He can't keep a job. Um, And, of course, they start fighting Mm -hmm. constantly because of that. And um, in this apartment building, like, people walking down the streets can hear them screaming and hollering and, you know, physically fighting with each other the whole, you know, whole time. And uh, down on the first floor is an older couple and um he kind of you know tries to talk to him and say you know listen it's gonna be okay you know and he kind of they become friends and he so this guy's a lot older than him but he's kind of giving him fatherly advice he never had a father so you know um he's giving him fatherly advice and he um they become they create a bond well not long after that he now is struggling so much and now he starts drinking mm-hmm. to add to all their problems and of course they can't even afford food on the table alone enough liquor but so it just escalates even worse right. and then she gets pregnant with their second child and now he's just distraught there's just no way they're going to be able to bring another child into the world they can't even afford the one they have now they can't afford their you know apartment they can't afford anything and so um, he goes, and the elderly guy that lives downstairs, and this guy is, I want to say he's elderly, but he's a lot older than him, and he's really respected in the community. He's, uh, he's got a degree, and he was a war hero, and, um, you know, I think he was a postman, and, you know, everybody in the neighborhood really liked him. But what they find out is this guy has had a lot of marital problems, and that's what kind of tried to get him to help out Timothy. And so he, um, uh, they found out that um, he was, he got married. I forget what year it was, but it was in the twenties. And they were married a very short time, and then they separated, and they spent most of their time separated. Um, they never got a divorce, but. The, you know, they didn't live together and they never had any children. So prior to Timothy and his wife moving there, um, they um, they had gotten back together. So now they're older, but they're together and they're living together. And so, um, so he thought he had a real connection with this Timothy because he understood where he was coming from. Um, now um, she becomes pregnant again, and it's like, that's it. They can't take it anymore. So um, this man that lived downstairs, I forget what his name is, um, 
says, you know, I am a, I have medical training from being in the war. I could provide abortion on her. And so he thinks, oh, this is, this is the answer. Our prayers have been answered, you know, because they couldn't afford an abortion. And again, and they already had two kids. No, they only had the one. They're having another one. And so they want to get an abortion. Now it's uh, 1947 or something like that. So, um, of course, abortions were illegal. So, um, so this man says, I can give an abortion. Get her an abortion. So he thinks it's a great idea. He runs up to his wife and she thinks it's a great idea. And so um, for whatever reason, the wife and his daughter, his daughter's name was Geraldine, um, and her name was Burl, they decided to go down the stairs to see this guy, and his wife left, and Timothy leaves. So it's just this man, um, Burl, and her daughter, Geraldine. And he gives her this, he has this contraption he's made, and it's like a little cup, and it has these wires coming out of it, and then it has this thing for her to put in her mouth, and what he does is he it gasses her, so she passes out. Right? And so um, she wakes up, and she is being raped by him. And she tries to fight him off. And he ends up strangling her to death, right? So um, Timothy comes home, goes to see how it went. He's like, well, you know, how'd it go? Is she doing okay? And he says, no, unfortunately, she passed away during the procedure. And he goes, you need to get out of here. You know, go take off to, you know, um, they're in London at the time. He said, take out to, I don't know, somewhere else, Prague or somewhere. And he said, just go and get away because they're going to, obviously what they did is illegal. So they need to come up with a plan of what they're going to do. So he stays away for like two weeks. Right. Timothy guy or the doctor? Timothy stays away for like two weeks. And then he starts freaking out about it. Right. So he goes to the police in this other town where he's at, not in their town, and tells them that he he, he killed his wife. And um, and um, so they go, the police, and Timothy had developed this whole, uh, because of his IQ, because of all his problems he had in life, he became um, a manipulator by lies. He would tell everybody these huge lies, you know, of all these things he's done and everything like that. And so the police, they don't really know what to believe. So they go back to this apartment. It's in, again, it's not in their town. It's not their local police. And they question the guy downstairs. They said, you know, well, what's going on? And he goes, I don't know. Um, and he's, oh, he tells, tells the police that this guy is watching their daughter, who's 13 months old. Right. So they go to check it out, and he, the guy just goes, and the guy and his wife are there. Her name was uh, Ethel, I believe. They 
they said no. He took off. I don't know where he's at. I don't know where they went to. But their child is not with us. We've she's never been here. Right. So now the police go back and he has told the police that he had strangled her to death and then put her in the sewer you know, out front of this building. So when they get to the apartment, the first thing they cannot get the lid off of this sewer, you know. Um so they're like, well, that's weird. If he just took this off and threw her body in there, like this would be, a, you'd be able to take this off. And finally, it takes like four guys, but they finally get it open. They go down there. There's no body. So they now they go back. They have him in jail, you know, and this other. And so they said, you know, what did you do? That's not true. We went to the apartment. They never. They don't know where you guys are at and where is your wife. And and he says, you know, I don't know. You know, I. All I know is I left my daughter there. I killed, strangled my wife, put her in the sewer, and that was two weeks ago. And so, so they keep him in jail. So they go back now, and they're like, they're going to investigate this whole building. And they go through their apartment. They go through the whole apartment building, and they go, um, can't find any evidence of anything, you know. Well, then they decide. After that, they're just going to walk around the neighborhood, and they find this old, beat-up shack, and they go inside, and both the mother and daughter are in there dead, wrapped up in a blanket. So they killed that doctor, or that guy killed, the old man killed the daughter, too? Well, so they go back to this guy, and they're like, you know, what are you, what's going on, you know, and... And so they go back to Timothy, who's now in jail, and they said, you know, we know you killed your daughter, too, because we found her dead body. And he now now he realizes that his daughter's dead, too. So now he starts telling the truth. Hey, you know, this guy was going to give her an abortion. It went bad. She died. I left my daughter there. He tells the truth, but now he's, they've interviewed all everybody this Timothy is known, and they're all like, oh, he's a big compulsive liar. I wouldn't believe anything he said, you know. So he, um, they um, don't believe him, right? So he ends up going to jail and is executed for the murder of his wife and daughter. Huh. And again, this was 1949, 47 or 49. Um, there wasn't this, you know, 10 year trial period of, you know, if we're going to execute him or not. Um, they didn't believe him. The, he went to a court and was dead. I think within 10 days he was hung and, um, they beat him, you know, like literally took him from this chair and hung him in the next room. Oh, wow. That's what they did back then. So three years go by and this guy, moves into this apartment mm -hmm. and decides he's going to clean it up. One thing I thought was really odd about this story was this apartment was really old and run down and nasty. And it was like, you know, really bad people living there. But this guy that lived downstairs was well-respected and he had an education and um, was in the military and he had done all these things. And so I'm thinking, why would he be living in an apartment building mm -hmm. that was that bad if he was that great of a person? Right. You know what I mean? So it seemed not, but anyways, he moved this 
guy moves into this apartment. He starts to renovate it. He opens this door, and there's three dead women in there. Yikes. Yeah. So they go back and get this guy and said, you know, there's three dead women. And he admits to killing them. And his, they find his wife. The old man? Yeah. Yeah. He admits to killing them. And um, he, they find his wife in the house and under the kitchen floorboards. And they find two more bodies buried out in the yard. So this guy is a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And he even said um, when the police came to investigate. Um, well, how come the police didn't have that? Because know. they didn't believe Timothy because of his history. And they thought this guy has such a good reputation. We're not really going to question, you know, what he says. It was very, seemed very clear to them that Timothy had killed his wife and daughter mm -hmm. uh, because she was having another baby and they just couldn't take the stress. Right. And, but this guy, he, they, he, they even, when they were investigating, a dog dug up a dead body in the next yard while they were there. And he kind of like threw it over the fence, you know, so they wouldn't see it. Like they literally were there when the dogs digging up dead bodies in the yard. <laughs> so, wow. So the new guy who moved into the apartment and found the three dead girls, was he in right. Timothy's old apartment or was he in the old man? No, no, the old man in the apartment, older couple. Right. Right. Okay. So he had been a serial killer and um, was keeping these dead bodies right there in the building. So it was in the old guy's apartment that found, right. they, found right. they found the, they, they found right. the door in that. Right. So he had been killing these women. And hiding And them. he had a, he had a, um, what people get aroused by, but the decomposing bodies was, he liked that. He's a necromancer. I don't know what you call it, but. <laughs> That's weird. Interesting. So here, Timothy was executed wrongfully just because of his circumstances in life, you know, and not being an educated person. And he called Wolf one too many times. And he, you know, lied so much. Yeah. And here's this old man who got away with murdering women after woman after woman just because of the, you know, the image he put up. And, and nobody would believe that he did that probably was mostly the same as Timothy's wife, where he was promising abortions to young women who couldn't afford them or couldn't afford babies. And right. most of his, I bet you most of his victims were in similar circumstances as Timothy and his wife. Well, you know, we were talking at, um, I don't know what show it was, or um, we were abortion rights and how women are forced to have children they don't want. Mm -hmm. And that because of that, you know, those children end up not being good citizens. Well adjusted, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well adjusted. And so and it's a perfect example of what we were talking about. Right. His mother didn't want children, had to have them because what choice did she have? Then didn't want them and didn't 
care for them properly. Mm-hmm. He has children, and the you know he's trying to abort them because at least he was trying to try break the cycle, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And so, and um, that was so. In 1953 is when he found the dead bodies in there, and so um, the UK changed their policy about you know hanging people, execution, killing people, executions, and that was the um, um, let's see, like three more years later, they you know they they put a halt on any executions they were in the process then, and then they never had any more after that. Three years, they changed their law. So, and I've talked to you guys many times about how I feel about, you know, capital punishment, mm-hmm. and this is a perfect example. Yeah. Somebody got killed that shouldn't have, and um, you can't trust people to see the right story, right. you know. Well, and that's also something, you know, in the U.S., we our court system is a jury of your peers, but a jury of your peers is some people who most likely don't understand law, don't understand certain aspects of the crime. And so it's you're literally having everyday people judge you based off of whether you're guilty or not. And a lot of times we see guilty verdicts that are overturned because the person it was not guilty and they had proof and evidence and it didn't come to play. Well, lots of times... Um... It's whoever has the most money for the best attorney. Yep. Yeah. Who's got the program. And and then, you know, the right story is never really presented to the jurors. Mm-hmm. You know, there's too many doubts in what they are trying to present. And the better lawyer can turn you know turn that around and make them think they're not hearing the right story. Right. So so yeah. I thought it was it was an interesting story, mm-hmm. and it's a sad story, really. Yeah, um, it is. You know, there are some pictures of um, him and his wife, and Timothy and his wife, and, you know, you can see that they're not educated people. I mean, I don't want to say they look like it, but um, that really, you know, what kind of chance did they have in life? You know? That's too bad. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, it ties into a lot of the topics that we've been talking about and had a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I especially like the um, the lying so much that like nobody really knows the story. Like that definitely goes into Casey Anthony that we talked about, who also, you know, had her, her Donald Trump. Her, yeah. Well, we haven't done a story about Donald Trump, so I don't know. <laughs> But you're right. So when they lie so much, and they're and society just kind of puts them in a box right. and says, "Hey." Well, because even right. since we've done that story, we've had comments on the story that people who are defending Casey and saying that you know this is the like she's innocent. The real story is this, 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 and this. But the problem is, is we don't know that because even Casey doesn't really understand what she is telling, whether it's truth or not, because her story changes so often. That we're never going right. to know what really happened to little Kaylee. Right. right. And this, this guy, he was he was um, lying when he said he killed her. Right. Because he's, right. trying, he's trying to protect this John. 
-hmm. this other guy mm -hmm. because he's his friend, you know, and, right. it, and this was an accident. So he's trying to protect him until he found out his daughter was dead. And that was when he right. tries to tell the whole truth, but now it's too late. Right, right. He even had, like, you know, a signed, you know, confession letter that um, he couldn't read or write. So obviously somebody wrote that. Wrote it for him. Right, right. Right. So that guy, that guy that that downstairs, he probably wrote it. No, the police wrote it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. They probably said, "Okay, well, you did this and this, right?" And he said, right, yes, right, right. "Yes, yes, yes." Yeah, yeah. That's why you should never <laughs> speak to the police without an attorney present, because they will coerce right. you into a confession, whether you think they're doing it or not. Anything you say can and will be held against you is there for the reason. I suppose if I was ever in that position where I was being interviewed by the police, not that I killed my wife and daughter, <laughs> but, um, if I was ever in that position, it, I just wouldn't say anything. Oh, yeah. I it, just that, wouldn't say you, anything. You, you, that's, they really no. tell you you really shouldn't say anything until an attorney is present because that that. The Miranda rights are there because so many times people are held accountable for things that they said in duress, you know, after they usually like a, an interview tactic is to keep you up for like more than 48 hours and then question you. So you're exhausted, you're hungry, you're sleep deprived. You don't even really know what you're saying and you're just confessing to crimes you don't, you didn't even know were happening. Right, right. And he had tuberculosis. It was a tuberculosis. Uh, that was it was a form of tuberculosis that his, uh, was common. Back then. Yeah. Interesting, because yeah. isn't that your lungs? Yeah. Well, I heard that. I thought that too. This was some type of. Hmm. Yeah, it affected his. Well, it's probably. I mean, like tuberculosis is, is uh, basically an infection in like a continuous. Infection in the lungs, so maybe it's just like yeah, a continuous infection in the feet or something. Straight. Yeah, I don't know, but it came and went through his whole life. He had they tried to do treatments on it, but of course they didn't have medical, you know, insurance or right. things taken care of. Um, he spent a lot of us. That's why he never made it through school because he wasn't there most of the time. And hmm. interesting. Wow. And another, and another thing, too, is like in today's world, if you've seen a couple screaming and hollering and beating each other up, something would somebody would intervene. You know what I mean? Well, would just go. We like and this John, so. did, this John did, but um, he ended up murdering. He was so. manipulating the situation. Yeah, right. He probably so he lived, took, took he advantage lived of the fact that they were fighting so much. Because right. he's well, the reason that I'll Timothy started drinking, too, right? Right. So he probably was just manipulating the situation. So this um, old guy, what was his name? John. John. So he lived on the bottom floor. Right. Him and, and his wife. Tim and Timothy and his wife lived on the middle floor, For and another couple. Then another couple lived above them. No, no. Burl and Timothy lived on the third floor, and John and. Um, his wife lived on the first floor. So who lived in the middle floor? I don't know. I mean, but 
with all of these decomposed bodies, didn't anybody smell that? No, I or guess turn not. that in. Uh uh-uh. uh. Because they said this John got off on that, the smell of decomposing bodies, but nobody else in the it was a bad place to live. You know, it was all run down. So probably people just thought it stunk, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand how anybody could smell those bodies and then not or even the police or well, they probably didn't go into John's house. That's the thing. Is that all the like bodies were inside John's apartment? Uh, or in like the yard, I think you said, Dad? Yeah, yeah. And, and so the yard wasn't their yard. It was a neighbor's. Mm-hmm. But it is like an old burned out building was there. I mean, it's like, right. you know. So it was probably they didn't go into John's house where all the bodies were. And that's why they didn't smell anything. Well, and his wife was alive when they were there, um, and these women could have been killed after that, for one thing, mm-hmm. um, or they were already in this room sealed off, you know. That's true. The room is sealed off. Like, it's not like it was just, like, an open doorway. Right. right. I mean, I got to think maybe the wife was killed first because, you know, we got three dead women in the kitchen. And, you know, maybe that's why she got killed. But, you know, you, you would think she would have went to the police. Well, I was going to say, she also had to have something well, to do with the wife and child the, dying. The ones in the yard, the yard next door, those were killed before mm-hmm. she was because, you know, they were there when they came to investigate. Mm-hmm. And what about that Ethel? I mean... She didn't turn that in? Well, who knows? I mean, obviously she didn't turn it in, but you don't know how, if she had any involvement or, you know, like I said, most of their marriage, they weren't even together. Hmm. You know, so she could probably seen signs of this when they were newlyweds or younger and left. And then I don't know why she came back. Back again in 1949, women didn't have the opportunity to support themselves or do, you know, so she was like, well, this is what I, this is my lot in life. I got to, you know, well, what, what are my divorced or uh, separated a long time, a long time. Yeah. They were married for a long time, but most of that was their separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, how desperate they were to get an abortion to go through that extreme. Unfortunately, that happened a lot because back it, then. Because it was illegal, so you make that illegal again, this is how desperate people there are. To, and And you know what else? Well, a couple things about it being illegal now. Um, people have a lot more education uh, yes, to make these yes. Right. And... And they are wise enough to go to places where that's probably going to be done a lot better. Right. You know, I agree. Even if it's illegal to have it done at this place, it's a place that they're doing, you know. Right. But unfortunately comes that, you know, that's 
that is true. We have a lot more options now. But in places like this, mostly mostly Planned Parenthood buildings are common are common location for domestic terrorist attacks because of this reason. And a lot of yeah. times it's looked over because, well, they were doing something illegal. Oh, they were doing something right, that's right. not legal in this state. Doing something I didn't agree with. Right, yeah, right. right. Um, and, you know, if abortions become illegal in every state, um, who's really going to be hurt is the poor, yes. uneducated people. Yes. You know, you would probably you would know to go to a place where it's illegal and you know they're uh, the procedure is done right and it might cost you money but you 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 are capable of doing that right but young girls that don't have the money don't have the education right. and have low IQs, those are the ones that are going to end up having the babies you're right and it, it, it is, and a lot of people have been saying that since even before Roe v. Wade was overturned, that this is a classist strategy to keep the poor poor and the rich rich. Because the rich will always be able to have abortions. They will always know somebody who knows somebody who's a doctor who can do the service for them. They will always get away with it. It's the poor people who are going to be extremely hurt by this. The people that can't go to anybody and just right. get a, a, an abortion. Right. Right. They don't have the money. They don't have the means to do it. And they don't have the, I don't want to say the intelligence, but they just, they don't know how to work that out. Yeah. And they're surrounded by people that are very similar to them. So yeah. I'm sure there's these young girls that are going to be having these babies are surrounded by other young yeah. girls who had babies. I they agree. Didn't know I agree. Right. So, right. So then that just becomes a way of life. Mm -hmm. Having babies you don't need at a young age, don't want. And you and don't are, know anything different. You don't know anything differently because that's what you're surrounded by. You're not prepared to raise a child. And, mm -hmm. Right. And that's happened. That's happened lots of times. You know, yeah. happened a lot where people have had children that shouldn't have had children. And it's not that they're bad people. They just don't have, they don't know how to do it that's that's uh, yeah i see that quite a bit it's that uh, these people aren't bad people you know deal well, with a, a young a young girl probably doesn't know she's pregnant until it's late, late. then she doesn't know what to do what is mm -hmm. she supposed to do you know what I mean? and if she doesn't tell somebody right away well then she has no yeah. help and no yeah. buddy making decisions and before it's too late it's i mean it is too late. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of these red states that now have implemented heartbeat laws, which basically means that it is illegal after a heartbeat is traced to have an abortion. Well, that's at six weeks. And most women do not find out that they're pregnant until eight weeks. Well, even, yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. know that they're pregnant until eight weeks of pregnancy. So it, it's, it's, it's impossible to know that before then almost. Do you guys have any questions or anything to add to a, tonight's topic? That's pretty sad. Yeah. And don't trust just anybody. And anybody that would just take somebody's word for it without checking out information. Well, like you said, well, he wasn't educated. It, well, and it was it's and, the desperation it was of the, it, too. 
it was the 40s. I mean, like, yeah, that's the way things, especially abortions, that's the way they got done back then by some. I mean, and yeah. he convinced them that he was in the military and had medical training, and it wasn't like, you know. Did they ever figure out if he was in the military? He was not. No, he was in the military, but he had no medical training at all. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they they didn't say he wasn't in the military. Anyhow, I don't know if they even looked into it, but he didn't have any medical training. Hmm. It was definitely an interesting story. Yeah. It's and and how all these dead people come alive. I mean, I don't understand how all these people become up come up missing and nobody reported yeah. again. There's again, a million stories like that. A million stories. It back, but back in the forties, you know, people come up missing all the time. Nobody like what? How were you going to solve that? I mean, they didn't have. Most of them, people didn't even have a telephone. You know what I mean? Like they had no communications or way of following up on stuff. You know, yeah. not like he's going to show up on a, a you know a webcam somewhere. <laughs> you know, in the grocery store right. or something. Right, right. Nothing to do. People come up missing all the time. Remember, um, Jenny, my aunt Jenny. She had a brother that just up and disappeared, and they never did find him. Yeah. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. Back then, you could, if you didn't like your life, you could just go start in life somewhere else and just not tell anybody. <laughs> and, he, and you could change your name and everything. It's like you didn't really have to prove, you know. You didn't have, you could go get a social security card with some, whatever name on it, you know. Yeah. They didn't have all the things in place to keep, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> Most time, you know, before the forties, anyhow. But you probably never had your social security card. You had no identification, birth certificate. It was just whatever you said you were. You know? uh, crazy. And I'm sure the women that he killed were women that, you know, were for that from that same type of life. Mm-hmm. You know, they really didn't have anybody to. I'm sure that it was all the people that lived in that apartment or who would probably. rent them, probably rent from Probably them. was prostitutes, you know, that mm-hmm. who knew nobody would even notice that they were missing. Right. They were already missing and just nobody knew who they were. Right. That's true. Well, sad, sad. But all right. All right. Well, great, great uh, stories. Yeah. Well, um, anything else, you guys? No. Okay. Well, again, um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please email us at uh, the family school of thought at gmail.com. Um, leave us our any messages or any um, ideas you have for us. And like us and share us with your friends subscribe and subscribe thank you so much guys everybody we'll see you next week all good good bye bye